All right, welcome to episode two of the Pogo Podcast. This is Colton Miles. I'm here with Carrie Palmer. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right, man. What's going on? Oh, not a lot. Not a lot. Just uh, bummed that we just missed those two squirtles out there uh, before we hopped on here. But uh, I want to give a huge shout out to everyone that listened to the last podcast. Um, we had a pretty good uh, uh, set of feedback from a lot of people about the info we covered. So we're glad everyone's listening. Be sure to subscribe to the channel so you get uh, updated when we uh, put new ones out. Um, we're, I guess, going to be trying to do these weekly. And um, yeah, just make sure you subscribe on, on Podbean, on iTunes, and or even on SoundCloud. So, um, yeah, so we're excited to be here for round two. And um, anything cool happened for you this week, Pokemon related? <sighs> Let me think, man. Let me think. Well, I got enough candies for another Dragonite, so that's a, that's a plus for sure. Um, I don't think I played a whole. Oh, I did hatch a second Lapras, so that was uh, that was pretty sweet as far as you know candy value. I mean, it was it was not great. Uh, it's not great. CP or IV wise, but the candy was valuable for the one I already got. Even though I it felt real bad because I'd already clocked like twenty kilometers with the first one, so I was like, ah, whatever. But I'm already out of those candies, so you know, you just get back to them. walking. Yeah, I just, uh, I just, I just filled it full of them, man. I was like all the way up with you as far as you can go, and it's still not maxed out. So, did they have uh, the same moves or different moves? Same moves, and they're not even that good, man. Like they're all, they're it's average. They're average moves. It's a Lapras, so it's yeah. all good. So, um, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I hatched a Charmander today, which is awesome. I spent um, probably three hours grinding it out in Austin at the Charmander nest, and um, I left with, like, I don't know, I was short, like, 15. I was just so burnt out from, like, walking and walking mm-hmm. and walking and walking. It felt like I spent the day at, like, Six Flags or something. It was crazy. Oh, yeah, it's rough, man. And it's rough out there. <laughs> in this Texas heat, and, and um, so hatching one was really cool because it gave me, like, 10 candy, so I'm, like, six short of a Charizard. But the coolest thing is, like, at that nest, I caught no no good Charmanders. Mm-hmm. So hatching one served as a cool way to get more candy and also get finally a good... Yeah, that's that uh, seems like to be the only real reliable way to get, like, a solid IV starter. Like, everywhere, like the ones we just encountered now are, are garbage. They're Yeah, they're hor- horrible. Yeah, like, I don't know why it works like that. It's, it's odd to me, but... But that seems to be like if if you hatch one, like even if it's low CP, sometimes it's worth keeping that bad boy because that's the those are rare. Those IVs are, are are worth their weight in gold for those the starters for sure. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that that Poke Mesh is just absolutely unreal. Are we talking about that yet? Are we talking about those new features? Or have you done a video on that? No, I've that done you- a video. I'm about to release it once I get my YouTube uh, copyright stuff sorted out. It's a little bit chaotic right now, but yeah, I mean it's. I don't know when it, I think it's supposed to come out Wednesday ish. Okay. Um, cool. Around then. But yeah, I'm not think it's on the scanner shows IVs, dude. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to get into that. It's just absolutely it's unreal. bonkers, man. It changed my life. I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? Normally I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go get that. But now I'm like, nah, that one sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, you guys got to subscribe to his, his YouTube channel. It's a uh, Professor Palmer on YouTube. That video, he's going to show you guys some stuff that's going to blow your mind. I had the opportunity to look at it firsthand um, just a little bit ago. Uh, we found the Squirtle uh, on the grid, and so we went out and tried to grab it. And while we were out, we found another one and a couple other cool things. But, yeah, it's it showed you the IVs like on the screen. like So you could make a decision about whether or not you wanted to waste your yeah. time going In the middle of the night, you're not dressed. How worth it is it to you? Yeah. you know, that's the, sometimes that's the little uh, push you need to decide one way or the other. So. 
yeah, make sure you check out that video when he when he puts it out. It's it's absolutely unreal. But um, yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Um, segment one here, um, and I'm going to talk about this this Pokemon Go Plus because that's the newest feature. This this new segment or segment one is going to be dedicated to a new feature, and um, we can talk about the Pokemon Plus uh, Pokemon Go Plus. This little device that's um, supposed to be thirty five bucks, but you can buy them off crazy people that went and bought like 30 or 40 of them at once for like 75 bucks yeah, or something crazy. I've, I've seen some on eBay break hundreds of dollars at this point, it's insane. Yeah, that's, it's absolutely crazy, but um, overall, I have to say like I'm 100% torn on on the device itself because like it's, it's good, it's absolutely f- incredible for tracking your distance. It, it almost feels like a Fitbit you know, like it's like it's it almost a, works on a pedometer kind of thing. Yeah, like I feel like it's whatever it's doing to log my footsteps because there was an instance where I just paced around my house for thirty minutes as I do that when I'm like on a phone call, yeah. and I noticed a significant change in like the kilometer distance. Whereas when it's using the phone, it's just kind of I don't know. I just feel like it's not doing as much. I mean, I don't know how the GPS. Um, yeah, count. I have to imagine it's because the GPS. Once that's Bluetooth to your phone, it's probably GPSing that and not your phone. But maybe yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could just be more accurate through that. Yeah, I I have no idea. But if you're buying this thing to catch Pokemon for you, then you will be massively disappointed. So the rumor that I had heard, or the 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 piece of information I had heard when when I found out about this thing was that if you had already caught that specific Pokemon and it encounters it, that it was going to automatically catch it for you and that you would just throw a ball at it and it would catch it for you. But it makes more sense that it does it the way that it does because, I mean, how crazy would it be if you just automatically caught everything? Yeah, it would be almost a pay-to-win situation. That was $35 and you're a lot better than everybody else. Right, and so when I first activated it, Literally, the first six things I bumped into um, were just, they fled. They, they It said the Pokemon fled. It gave me a, like a push notification about it. And I was like, what in the world? And I looked, and it was, I mean, it was just really random stuff, like a 300 CP Pidgey, a 260 Ratata or whatever. But I was really disappointed at the flea rate. And um, I've thought about it since. And what I what I can really say is that when I try to catch those common Pokemon, there's a there's a rate at which they bust out of the balls um, anyways that it may end up kind of being the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you average out how many balls it takes for me to catch a Pidgey if I'm throwing at it versus this thing is telling me literally anytime I'm running into something and I'm just randomly saying, okay, throw a ball at it, and then it runs, at least I'm not wasting additional balls trying to catch it. But... I'm throwing a lot of balls out there and, you know, catching, I don't know, 60% of them, I'd say, at yeah. this point. But um, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. I mean, it basically, it'll blink green if there's a Pokemon, and you can tap the little button, and it'll throw one regular Pokeball at it. And if it, if it, bots, if it uh, bounces out, then it runs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are out of Pokeballs, then it'll still tell you there's a Pokemon, but it'll it'll just immediately, like, let it run because there's no pokeballs. Um, if it blinks blue, then um, that means you're you're near a Pokestop, and it'll run the Pokestop for you and get you some balls. But um, when you have the app open um, and you are kind of near something, 
the little there's a little icon that looks like the device on the screen and it'll actually shoot like a laser at where the Pokemon is spawning at. So it's kind of acts like a little like scanner in itself in that regard. Um, the only fault in it, and this may be something they can address in a future update, is that if you try to manually catch a Pokemon that it's pointing at, it'll deactivate the device. Now it takes like two seconds to reactivate it, but it's a pain in the ass if you're like, you know, at the Prue spot and you're bumping into carbs like every, you know, minute and a half and it's pointing them out to you and then you're catching it manually and then having to reactivate your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, that's just that seems like something that is probably just an error of some sort. Like it can't it can't function that way. Like that just yeah. seems like so much trouble. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure about it. But I mean, all in all, I mean, if you if you're kind of going into the whole expectation of this thing as like I'm going to use it to more accurately hatch eggs. I mean, I think for as an egg hatching tool and a and a buddy, um, you know, candy gaining tool, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've hatched more eggs in the last two or three days since I've had this thing than I have probably in the last two weeks um, just because I don't do a whole lot of um, walking you know, while playing Pokemon. I don't just specifically go out and take walks with Pokemon, as, you know, not as much as I used to, but, um, but this helps me like when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm doing, you know, walking to my car, when I'm doing anything, it's, it's, it's logging that. So it's, it's, it's awesome in that regard. So yeah, I don't it's know. A, like I thought about it and the reason that I even uh, bothered to order one was or to go out and acquire one was because I was like $35 for a more accurate GPS. Like that in itself is worth the $35 for Absolutely. me. So if people are like, oh, the, you know, it doesn't pick up Pokestops accurately or quickly or it's not catching things. I'm like, man, man, for, to hatch eggs for $35, like that's not a crazy price tag. Like most people can, uh, can afford to get that. And it doesn't create any kind of advantage to where like if you don't have it, you're, you know, way, way worse than somebody who does. Um, but I would, you know, that, uh, especially where I live, my GPS is a little iffy sometimes and, and, you know, sometimes I don't get credit for it, but if it's just going to make you more accurate in like your distance track, like that alone is worth a $35 price tag to me. So that's why I went, I've yet to actually open mine, um, but I haven't done a whole lot this weekend. So it wasn't like, you know, I thought about, it, I was like, well, maybe if I go over here, I'll, I'll open it up and give it a try. But I was like, eh, no, we'll, we'll see. I have no idea yeah. why. It just, you know, there's no reason for me not to at this point. I already bought it, but. Maybe I'll give it to somebody as some kind of, you know, grand gift or something. Yeah, for sure. I think you're going to be doing a giveaway with your, your, uh, on your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, we actually uh, I did it today. Um, so the video is already recorded. The YouTube uh, user who won has already been uh, chosen. I did that actually on the video live on the video. I had it, you know, a random name generator out of the list of subscribers choose somebody. Um, now I don't know. Because of all my work with Pogemesh, a lot of them are foreign, right? So I don't know who is actually from the States. Like, you know, 20% of my my listeners are from, like, Malaysia or something. So I was <laughs> like, I don't know. So hopefully uh, they're able to get in contact with me or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I will be giving it away, um, given that I do contact that person. And if they don't get a hold of me, I'll, you know, wait three days and maybe release another video with a new winner or something. So, Well, hopefully you don't have to, like, pay shipping for that thing to, like, Yeah, that's Malaysia what I was saying. I was like, if it goes to Australia, like, that cost me twice as much as it cost initially. Like, that's not a cheap trip, yeah. man. <laughs> that is not cheap. Your total is $68 uh, to ship this. Yeah, I'll be like, listen, dude, I'll buy you one and pre- pre-order it at a GameStop near your house or something. Like, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it's, I mean, I like it. It's, 
but I'll t- I'll tell you this like I wasn't super hyped on it and I didn't even know it came out until somebody until you posted about it actually mm-hmm. on the on the San Antonio um Pokemon Go San Antonio area Facebook page that um Think Geek at North Star Mall had a hundred of them and so I called them and um, I called him maybe around 11.45 a.m. And I was like, hey, just I'm going to head down that way. But I just want to make sure. Do you guys have any more of those Pokemon Go Pluses? And they were like, yeah, we have about 59 of them left. And I was like, okay, cool. So I kind of took my time, you mm-hmm. know, getting ready. So I figured like any reputable, you know, and I'm not going to bash them. I mean, they, they... I'll bash them. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I was well, so upset. I, sh- I showed up, I guess, would have like maybe 10 minutes after you did. And some dude had bu- walked in and bought like 20 of them. 30. 30 of them. Yeah, and then the guy in front of him bought 10. So 40 of them gone within two people just, just right like yeah. that. And it's, I mean, don't don't places normally set like a limit well, of two actually, or three? Actually, when I went to GameStop, they, uh, there was three available. And I said, I'll take them all. And he said, well, actually, Nintendo themselves told us when they distributed these to all the retailers, one per person, and to not break that rule. So when I... Uh, took to Twitter in my angst afterwards of leaving ThinkGeek, uh, ThinkGeek was very quick to respond saying, you know, we're sorry, uh, there was a miscommunication, it was just a, they, they called this something funny to me, like an, a, like an accounting error or something, I'm like, no, no, it was you guys just not paying attention, I don't know, if maybe they were so tired of people coming in, do you got a Pokemon Go, and they were like, yeah, yeah, and they're, so they were just like, okay, take them all. We're done with it. But you know, they would have been sold by the end of the day. Like, yeah, absolutely. There was been no issue of whether or not you would have filled your quota. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know what their reasoning was for that. But, uh, but it definitely upset a lot of people. Like, I wasn't the only one there for it. There was like a two or three people right behind me that were that turned away as soon as I did. And so I know that there was some disappointment to go around. But I, yeah, was- I took to Twitter and they said we're sorry. Uh, we should get our new shipment in sometime this next week. Um, you know, we'll get your name down to reserve one, and I was like, you know, that doesn't make it okay, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I was. I was super bummed. I I left the mall, and you know, the the thing about it is kind of one of those like, um, it was one of those instances where like I didn't really want it that bad until I found out that it was like sold out. No, then you I couldn't have I it. Yeah. Really, really wanted it, <laughs> so I drove to this GameStop, and luckily someone had just canceled their pre order, so I was able to grab one, but. Um. Yeah, it, it's cool. I mean, I, if I had to rate, if I had to grade it, you know, give it like a one to ten, I'd I'd say it's like a cool like seven, you know, six and a half. Like, it's thirty bucks. I mean, who really cares? I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and for the price tag, like the simplicity of it is. I mean, I think it's kind of ugly. That's my biggest, and the bracelet that comes with it is very Horrifying. ugly. Yeah, so ugly. I don't even use it. So I was like, that looks like my grandma's couch pattern or something. <laughs> it was. It was rough. <laughs> But but for thirty five dollars, like what you see is what you get, and the service it provides is you know thirty five dollars. It's up to you whether or not hatching eggs is with with more precision is is worth thirty five dollars to you. And if it is, then then by all means. But if you look at it just from that perspective, everything else is extra, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, and, and I mean it comes stock with the like belt clip, and mm-hmm. so. I found myself putting it on my like belt loop and just kind of hiding it under my shirt. And then I kind of feel like I'm like in the late 80s, like with a beeper or something, because it's just vibrating on my belt loop. And I'm like, <laughs> a coloscopy bag or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not trying to strap this thing to like my front pocket or something like that. But, anyways, yeah, that's that's my take on this, on the Pokemon Go Plus and what it what it is. So, I mean, if you, if you find one and you want to hatch eggs quicker and get candies quicker, then grab it. It's cool. It's definitely worthwhile. Um, 
segment two here, we're going to continue what we started last week with our um, segment of myths, um, rumors, and just misunderstood facts. And um, I know uh, we were talking and um, Carrie had mentioned that he's seen um, basically or had an abundance of, of questions and information regarding the height and weight of different Pokemon. And... Um, what do you want to? How do you want to address that? Because I know that it's been kind of like bugging you a little bit. Yeah, I almost want to. Uh, I almost had planned to like soapbox rant almost a little do bit it, about man. it. This is your. It's form. like it's like I I don't want to blame these people because my background in video games is is pretty uh, it's pretty deep, right? Like I've played a lot of games since I was little. Um, so a lot of us people who have, who have played games before. And then play games now. Like we understand what flavor text is. We understand that not everything we see matters, right? right? And and that's usually pretty easy to determine pretty quickly. Well, this this height and weight thing. Like I will still to this day find people saying, "Hey, uh, you know," they'll ask the question, "Hey, not, it's not just hey, does height and weight affect something? It's a matter of you know this thing is." This strong, but its weight is really small, so I'm not going to bother evolving it. Or somebody will say, you know, this is extra large, and when I evolved it, it gave me hyper beam. And then they'll like draw these correlations, and I'm like, no, 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 hold on a second, man. Height and weight don't actually affect anything, and if they do, it is not anything we actually know about. And I have a sneaky suspicion it doesn't. Um, it was just Niantic's attempt to create some uh, some uniqueness, uh, you know, so that one Q bone is. You know, a little different from another Cubone. So yeah. you and your buddy got two Cubones. You know, there's some personality to them almost. Yeah, yeah. And I still see people. And what's worse is I'll see people ask the question, you know, should I evolve this? It's more CP, better IV, but it's smaller than this extra large. And when I see people actually say, yeah, now dump that one. The extra large is, is the ticket. I'm like, well, people, enough people believe this for them to be passing it on almost as like a, as a lesson. And it drives me insane. Because I'm like, listen, man, we've... We've told people in my process to when I look at something and I'm like, well, what does this affect? Um, you know, I, I in my head I'll just quickly be like, okay, this is extra large. Um, you think about when you're attacking a gym, you can't attack any faster than what it allows you to do. So obviously, you know, like size is not coming into a factor at that point. Um, you don't hit harder because the damage is already predetermined right. based on the move. Um, so then obviously, like weight and size, it doesn't impact that. So like you know, other other than uh, you know, what you would assume bigger means hits harder and slower and, you know, smaller means the opposite, usually. But once you get a feel for the gems and how battles work, it's pretty easy to determine that, that that's not the case. Like, okay, you're, you've got a fixed speed that you're going to attack at um, based on the moves and a fixed damage based on the moves. And that's going to happen every time. And it's, it's, it's just strange to me that people still... And, you know, the big thing is... Um, whether it be Google or Facebook groups or whatever, I'm like, you know what, dude, just just look it up. There is more than plentiful resources for you to find this kind of information. Um, mm-hmm. In our Facebook group, there's literally a search bar. And when people say, you know, height and weight, nest, egg hatching, like anything like that, you can literally just type in nest into that. And any post in that Facebook group that's ever been about nest, it's going to give you. Right. And like that, that tool like <laughs> would save so much trouble for everybody, right? And it just never gets utilized. So I'm like, you know, how many times have I answered this question just today? And you could just type in, you know, egg hatching or height and weight or just height, and it would come up. Like, it's the keywords. You don't have to be a genius to come up with keywords. Uh, and the bar is looking you right in the face. Um, maybe it's easier to see on mobile. I mean, on, uh, on desktop as opposed to mobile. And maybe that's why some people have issues with it. 
But there's like a little little magnifying glass search thing, and boom, most of your questions have already been answered. And maybe that's why it really irks me, rather than people just you know believing in correct things, is that the frustration of, dude, I've answered this. You know I've answered this. Let's be real. Just right. because you can't find it doesn't mean it's not there. And it's, you know, here's your tool to find it. Exactly. The only people that do not bug me who ask questions about things that we've answered a thousand times are the people that come in and say, "I'm not from this area, but I'm. I want to know. You know, that's excuse. Yeah, that's, I do that actually all the time. If I think like I, uh, I go pick up my daughter in Temple occasionally. And when I do that, I actually join the Temple Facebook group and said, hey, you know, while I'm sitting around here waiting or whatever, you know, what do you guys got available? And usually people are pretty receptive, and we as a group are pretty receptive about that as well. Absolutely. Um, the issue is when it's people that, you know, you see regularly or the last questions that, uh, that you know, let's say, hey, I went to this place and it's not a nest or I can't find the nest list that you posted yesterday. I'm like, <laughs> dude, first of all, like if you've been here long enough to know what the nest list is, uh, you know where to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I have it available in like hyperlinks, PDFs, like it's pinned to the top of the group. Uh, it just drives me. And the, the other thing, some people still believe that like Eevee's moves determine what it evolves into or the Eevee naming trick. They're like, hey, man, I've been naming it Rainer for like the past 900 times and it, it's like random. I'm like, oh, that's not how it works, man. Yeah. You're going to, if you, um, it was made for as a tool for you to be able to fill those Pokédex slots without having to deal with that ungodly amount of you know randomness, the right. RNG, and uh, you know some people are like, well, I've named it Rainer for the past you know, month, and and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm like, well, that's not what it's for. It was for once you've got one of each, it stops working. Um, but now people will be you know so quick to say, well, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. I'm like, well, no, it doesn't work. You know because it, it's not supposed to work you've anymore already done after it. that. Yeah, you've done it, and people are like, well. No, I named Rainer six times, and four of those times it came out. Vapor. I'm like, no, that's that's just coincidence <laughs> just at that ra- point. Like that is a that is yeah. there is no science to that whatsoever. I assure you. So it's just these, you know. If I if I just had advice for somebody, is Google first, ask second. Like it is so easy to find. Like at the same time, though, some of those websites advertise some some less than reliable information, especially. But they're they're catching up, right? So like yeah. your odds are you're gonna find something, or at least once you're in the Facebook group. Use it as your Google search, your Facebook group with the search tool before you actually uh, ask the question because it's probably going to get you an answer quicker and it's going to save a lot of a lot of people some frustration, myself included, most of the time. I assure you. <laughs> Absolutely. I the, just on the side note, does the I heard that, and then again, I guess I, I should probably Google, but I'm going to ask you because you're right here. <laughs> the uh, does the Rainer trick? I heard when they updated. Um, like an update before the buddy system update that they updated it that it would not work anymore. They just straight removed it? I don't know because I had already done it. So yeah. like there was no way for me to test. But I, I want to believe that that's not the case because at, uh, when they did Comic-Con, they actually had you know, revealed. It. They said, yeah, it's, there's your Easter egg. You know, we uh, are you know, basically giving you the proof that yes, it is an intended feature, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I have the suspicion that, that it still exists. It's just people are inclined to believe it no longer does because they failed to realize it wasn't meant to be like a consistent thing. Yeah. Because if it was, nobody would have Jolteons or Flareons. Like we yeah. would all have 40 Vaporeons <laughs> and everything would be worse than it already is. Absolutely. The um, I'll, I'll just say this too. I mean, you kind of just touched on it, but just to, just to reiterate, the, um, uh, the amount of people that are spreading misinformation with like godlike conviction on Facebook is just absolutely crazy to me. 
I mean, it's, I mean, I see people, and I don't know if it's just because that they've maybe read information on some article or in, you might have been like a clickbait type article or something like that, but they've said something like this and this and that. Like, I, I saw somebody today insist that there was going to be next um, trading available with the next update. And I'm like, there's no earthly way that that's true. And why did you just say that? <laughs> and mean, some people are like, hey, you know, next gen could be next up. Like people, they make their own assumptions because like we talked about in the last podcast or whatever, Niantic doesn't actually openly communicate and say, this is happening, this is the date. You know, they're, they're not good about doing that unless it's something like the Pogo Plus where they're going to, you know, sell it and make some retail off it. Or right. Whatever. But they uh, they have never once confirmed that second gen is uh, coming anytime soon or a date on it. Uh, trading, they've not confirmed the date on that. So everybody goes, well, maybe it's the next update. Well, maybe it's the next update. And uh, I have... It's it's crazy to me because like patch notes are a thing. They come out and they say this is what's featured. I mean, you can find it on your phone, online, whatever, right. Facebook, anything. And people will say, like the buddy update. I said, okay, yeah, the buddy thing. Here's a rundown on the buddy thing. And people are like, oh, well, what about trading? Like, no, no, it's not in there. Don't you think somebody would have said something about it? Oh my god, look, we can trade all of a sudden. Like, <laughs> you need to relax, man. Remember the trouble trading thing. First of all, the trading thing, in my opinion, is is not good. Like, I'm nervous about it because. As I've seen in multiple other online games and things like that that are very user-driven, um, trading turns into some kind of black market ordeal, or uh, you make a level one account and load it up with a bunch of good stuff, or you, uh, in exchange for a Dragonite, somebody will, you know, tip you with five hundred dollars. You know, it becomes like a, hmm. it becomes like almost a uh, a dishonest kind of, and, and I'm sure that there are ways to deal with that. But like a, a pretty popular game called Counter Strike Global Offensive (CS:GO), real popular first-person shooter. But uh, you can get like rare, you know, skins and things for you make your guns and weapons look different, and that's cool, right? Well, people actually are able to log on and through a marketplace purchase them from each other. So real money is being dealt with here, like you know, and if that's the case, it could like destroy the economy of the game because if somebody was willing to pay, you know, a thousand dollars, they would be the most unbeatable person on the earth if they were willing to just you know through money acquire all the strongest most intense things that they wanted to get. Yeah. Um, and then it, it would also give birth to spoofers having reason to do things. Uh, like if they could trade something for money, you could have then have spoofers rampant, right? Because they know, who cares if I get banned, I'll just make another account, continue doing it because I'm selling and making money oh, off absolutely. of this. Absolutely. So, this was a big problem with like Warcraft, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Selling gold and selling yeah. money and things like Exactly. And it's uh, or selling items to people. Or your entire like account. Yeah, and, and that's why you uh, will name yourself something silly and not care if you get banned. And, you know, uh, if you get banned, so be it. But, you know, if you're making money off of this, you know, who cares? It's a, uh, it, it just opens the world to so much more trouble, which I think is why they're being so under wraps and so uh, thought about and real slow about it. Yeah. Because it is a, a, a day. It could easily shift the, uh, the, the, the momentum in a couple of different ways, and it's very, very hard to deal with. So I know that you really want to trade your, your Gyarados to your buddy or somebody's got, you know, like region exclusives for you or they travel. The thing is, is that, you know, until we know what's going to happen, Maybe you can trade Stardust. Like I, for one, would uh, do just about anything for someone to trade me Stardust at this point. I have like almost my fourth Gyarados. Like I'll give away some Gyaradoses, but he will uh, do unspeakable things. Yeah, for I will. I will do just about anything, and I mean anything. For <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's it's exciting in theory. But if you like, I'm almost done with my Pokédex. So like at this point, what do I need to trade? Like I'm not I'm not that jazz about it. Um, what do you need still? I need a Blastoise. I need a. Uh, 
muck and grimer. That's, oh, you that's oh, so you need muck and grimer. Oh no, I actually cut a grimer. So no, I I just need a uh, muck, muck and blastoise. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm glad you got one of the squirtles. Yeah, no, I mean I still got a long way to go, man. I'm on like 18 candies or something. It's it's pitiful, but so be it. Well, that's I mean I'm I'm excited about I, I'm with you 100 percent about the the whole um, you know game the potential for game destruction with the with the trading um, with the whole trading topic. But I think if you know not to get into like too much speculation, although I do love speculation. Um, you know, if they were to um, police it or set it up in a way that, you know, prevented some absurd stuff from happening, like I'll trade you my, you know, Charizard for a Caterpie and I'm going to throw you 500 bucks yeah, or exactly. whatever. You know, like if it was like, you know, mid-grade evolutions for mid-grade evolutions or something like that, I mean, I don't know how they would do it, but it has to, it's going to have to be like super um, uh, particular in, in the way that they set it up in yeah, order it's for a, it to not get abused. It's very... Uh, very specific and it's got to be very refined and the issue is is that they don't have you know actively ways to test that and iron those issues out and all it's going to take is one day for it to be really really absurdly broken and then to patch it and it'd already be too late like yeah. after a day of people just running rampant with no restriction whatever it's already ruined everything at that point yeah so they got to be very very particular about what they do and how they release it and the and then the way, shape, and form that they do release it. So, so, and that's the same thing with the first or the second gen. People are saying, "Oh, second gen could come out winner," um, but I have a suspicion that that it will be based on you know like user load. Like, okay, you know we're starting to see a dip in, in daily players. Okay, well here's your longevity. Let's release another generation and coast for another six months or something like that. But if you think about it, like. We don't even have all of the first gen, right? Yeah. Now. Like the legendaries and Ditto, and, like that's not even in the game. Yeah. So like we got a long ways to go before we're expecting things that didn't even exist at this point. I I honestly truly believe, even just thinking about it right now with you, that until we can get the game to be like a fully functioning game, as far as what I mean by that is like the trading. Well, we already know the trading's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I went back and I watched the trailer um, for the game, like the beta trailer that they released like a year ago or whatever, before the game even came out. Um, you know, the kind of demo. Yeah, the game like was. the group fighting and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like there's gonna be like other mechanics to the game that are introduced, um, and I fully believe that those other mechanics would be introduced to the game before they start integrating like next gen Pokemon. And if that's the case, then I wouldn't think that there'd be next gen Pokemon. For I mean another year. Or yeah, at that's least, I said. I said you know? next summer maybe. Like I would, like just looking at it from a, you know, how much work can we handle and how much you know craze and people and all the things they got going on right now. Yeah, they they are in a delicate shape. You know, the game is is starting to die down on on people who've never played. Like the casual players are dropping it, but it's still got like a diehard, solid, consistent fan base. Yeah, and at this point, they're trying to implement new things as well as release it in new countries like they're st- still covering a lot of information so they could be so far away from second gen like it's not even funny but yeah. people are creating this unrealistic expectation of you know by december by december by october or something like anything and uh it's just you know you shouldn't bank on that happening like you shouldn't let that you know that belief that something else extra is going to come along to you know, basically, that's where you're just going to hold off for or whatever. So play the game and enjoy it as it currently is, and don't expect anything extra for a while. Because, right, as like the buddy system was cool, but if, in the grand scheme of things, 
it's very that's a very minimal thing to create because they already have the way the distance is tracked. They already mm-hmm. have you know how candies and stuff work. Absolutely. So all they got to do is basically plug some kind of you know program that allows the uh, the Pokemon to be selected and to show up in a window just like your character does. So a tinier character screen and then calculate the distances together. So yeah. like if you think about like the things they've implemented, they're not like crazy outlandish. You know, this is a whole brand new trading system with a whole new UI that we're going to have to create and a whole new way to like encounter other people and things. Right. It's like that's a lot of work. And a whole other generation of Pokemon is uh, a yeah. that's like the second game basically. That's If we don't even have a, a, f- a functioning scanner yet with the yeah. game. I mean, there's no way. There's no way that yeah, How long has that been in testing the Pokéstop right. scanning like yeah. that? San Francisco's had it for like a month. Yeah, I haven't even seen anything like that over here. So I know that there's. So we had, um, and we don't have a whole uh, an abundance of of Q and A yet. But on the since it's on the topic, I'll go ahead and address this question. Um, we've been talking. It's uh, from one of the users on the post, um, Eddie Saldana. Um, he asks, when are the next gen pokies going to be released? So you know we've just talked about that. So we'll go ahead and, and just count that as the answer to, to that question, Eddie. But um, you know, for just to just to flat out give you an answer, if I had to guess or if we had to speculate, I mean, I don't think it'd be happening anytime soon. Maybe like he said, next summer or, or anything. I mean, and just even thinking about it, like in terms of business, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, there's a rabid fan base. Like you just said, yeah, it's okay. It peaked at like 60 million users in like mid July, and then by mid August, it dipped down to like 40. I'm sure it's dipped down some more since, but I mean, if even if it's at 20 million, 20 million users is is absolutely incredible. And spending money, seeing you know, all yeah. kinds of yeah, it's, it's 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 easily you can a whole company can survive and thrive and make a good deal of profit off just that, and they've exceeded that. And if you look at it from a you know a business that deve- we're trying to make money off this, which essentially is what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody nobody releases something with the intent of all these people can use it for free, and I'm not going to make any. Like that's just mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be real with ourselves. If you look at it, the smart thing to do would be to okay, if we have this prepared, use it in the way that's going to benefit us the most. Right. And I don't see the you know winter of this year that being the case. No. So if I had to make a guess, it would it would definitely be after the new year, you know, and that's at the earliest. Yeah, I mean they're definitely going to milk the situation as it is as long as they possibly can, and I, and like I was just mentioning, like I I really believe that you know these other mechanics in the game are going to be probably a priority to. I mean, I just want to be able to like, for example, if me and you sitting right here. And we weren't doing this, like, say, hey, man, like, let's go ahead and just battle. You know, like, back in the day when you had a Game Boy, like, you could link your Game Boy to someone else's Game Boy with that cable, and you could battle Pokemon, you know? And and that was the coolest, to me, that was the coolest part, because I had never seen, you know, growing up in that era, I don't know of another game that you could do that with. And now in the era of in the era of smartphones and everyone has these crazy awesome devices, like how cool would it be to say like, oh, there's another trainer nearby? Yeah, there's some kind of Bluetooth fashion. I'm sure that that's extremely capable. Like it's, yeah. it's extremely doable. Like back then, we're like, dude, this cord, this is a game changer. Like yeah, this right? is future technology right here. Yeah. I'm like nine years old. I'm like with this simple cord here, this purple ugly cord <laughs> that cost me way too much at some Toys R Us. Yeah, this is just gonna change the world. And now we're like, oh, yeah, Bluetooth. I could connect to that guy's printer from a mile away. Like, yeah. It's, it's possible. And trading and battling, and I'm sure those things will be introduced, but there is just so much more than just flipping a switch. 
that goes into implementing Absolutely. something like that. And I, I, f- I think some people fail to realize that it's not just a on or off, like, okay, trading is available, there you go. No. It's, it's yeah. not how it works. There are real people like designing like UI and like writing code. I mm-hmm. mean, you're the guy that could probably <laughs> talk yeah, about no, what there goes is into that. that. I mean, it's an insane process to develop a video game. Especially one that's being used at this high of a rate with servers and a whole new mechanic like that. It's gonna be. It's gonna get. I mean, if someone did, if they did introduce battling, it would go crazy. I mean, people. Yeah, would be they doing already it have people who are dedicating full on, you know, long nine hour workdays, if not more, to just making sure the game works. Right. So at that point, they're having to spare whoever they can to create something entirely different. That's a you know that takes away from the people who are able to just maintain it. So it's it's far more like it's a much much larger request and uh, and and wish than people seem. They said, well, they said that they'd give it to us. Yeah, but you know the reason they didn't tell you when is because they don't want to have that kind of pressure because they're just making sure it works right now. And I would much rather have a working game rather than like the first day it came out. It was like, okay, I can play for 10 minutes and I disconnect. I can't click on anything. Like, I would much rather have the game as it is now where it's consistent. And I know that when I log on, the game's going to function the way I expect it to long before, you know, well, the game works half the time, but we got battling. Like, you know, that is that means nothing to me. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Well, if you guys are uh, skipping around on the podcast, uh, we just uh, covered uh, some mis- rumors and some uh, misunderstood facts um, for segment two. Uh, segment one was all about the Pokemon Go Plus um, feature or the Pokemon Go Plus uh, device that just came out a couple days ago. Um, we're going to dive into segment three, but uh, right now this is this is the Pogo podcast. I'm Clifton Miles. I'm here with Carrie Palmer. Um, you can follow us on social media, um, on Instagram, and pretty much everything else. I'm at Clifton Miles. Um, I know he uh, his YouTube uh, channel is at is uh, Professor Palmer, and uh, we uh, he's a, a moderator and admin for the Pokemon Go San Antonio area Facebook page. So if you're not a part of that, go ahead and, and uh, jump in. That is, it's really cool. There's, it's really great if you want to see somebody ask the same question literally oh, all day long. It is the Olympics of <laughs> of asking the same bullshit every time. Like, I swear. Um, but this is the Pogo podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and dive right into um, segment three, and uh, we are going to continue this from last week. Um, segment three is all about our sleeper pick. And um, if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, uh, what the sleeper pick is, is basically a Pokemon that, um, y- you know, we, you go, everyone drives around town and you see the gems. I mean, what's there? You see your Arcanines, you see Vaporeons, you see Executors. Um, you know, you pretty much are seeing the the same thing, uh, Snorlaxes and Laprases. And you're seeing those everywhere. Uh, but there are some sleepers out there that are really good that you can you use and like literally uh, and and efficiently use in battle when you're at a gym that would do really good against some of those real common pokemon that are really strong um that a lot of people don't use and so um for example last week our sleeper uh pick was uh dugong and basically uh, i don't know why i whispered dugong sensually like that i don't know man but I, I said, it's it was fitting i dugong. liked it Dugong. Dugong. I don't know. It feels almost dirty when you say it yeah. like that. Dugong. But I can never look at him the same. <laughs> um, but uh, so this week we're going to continue with our sleeper pick for segment three. And um, so, Carrie, what is your sleeper pick for this week? My uh, my sleeper pick this week is going to be Rai 
Dawn, right? Is that the uh, is that the fully evolved one? Rhydon. Yeah, Rhydon. Yeah, Rhydon. Yes, Rhydon. He is a he's pretty uh, is pretty underappreciated in the sense that um, his max CP is is not. I mean, it's not insane, but his uh, his base stats are fairly decent across the board. Um, his stamina is a bit above average, so his overall health is uh, is all right. But he is rock ground, and he's one of the few that share the the rock and ground. Like Nitto King and Queen, I believe they're they're ground and poison or, or something of the sort like that. Ground. Regardless, like ground and rock is is something that is is rare to see together. I think the Golem evolution tree is is like the only mm-hmm. other one, um, or something similar to that. But the big thing is his moves. Um, Mud slap is a is a great quick move. Uh, it's it does a lot of damage, whether you're defending or attacking. It's like a, it's a flat fifteen, which is it's wow. kind of slow, but the DPS on it is is about twelve damage per second. So it works a lot like bubble or anything else. It's kind of slow, but it, but it hits pretty hard. And the big thing is is That's that what she said, hmm, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the big thing is 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 his charge moves. Now there's two great ones. Um, if you get Mega Horn, you might as well just stop playing because that is uh, that is that is straight transfer, straight doo doo. Um, so I'm just gonna make you feel as bad as I can by you know just explaining how bad this is. Mega Horn sucks. It's just, I mean it's not bad. The damage on it is is all right, but he gets no stab from it. It's, bu- um, it's, it's a bug, and bug is not great, as uh, honestly. Um, You're not bummed, man. Now the reason I would uh. I would say Stone Edge. Like if you can get Stone Edge, that is the dream. What is that? It is a 80 damage charge move, so it's one big bar as opposed to like many little ones, mm-hmm. um, which is good in general for defending, especially um, for offensive usually. But the DPS with it is is fairly high. Um, with Stab, which you will get, it's 32 damage a second, which is actually one of the highest in the game. I think Cross Chop actually the fighting ability is the strongest charge move in the game, damage per second wise. But this is up there, and the reason this is up there is because it has a 50% chance to critically strike. It's the highest critical strike chance in the game. So, so that at one that, move? Yeah, with just that one move. So if you use Stone Edge, you're getting Stab, it's doing 32%. It has a chance to critical, which I believe is another 25% increase. So just in that ability alone, or, uh, or, or close to that, maybe it's, maybe it's even more than that. But regardless, this is the highest critical chance ability so if you're fighting something that's weak against rock and you're using him which is a good situation to use him in um he's doing work and even if you don't get it and then the second best charge move in my opinion well some people would would switch the positions one is better than the other but earthquake and we all know earthquake it hurts does like 100 damage um it's crazy yeah it, it, it's cool the animation's dope um, so that's all great, all well and good. The DPS is actually a little less than Stone Edge. Uh, he does benefit from Stab, whereas Stone Edge is about 32. Can you articulate for those that don't know what Stab is? Yeah, Stab is a same type attack bonus, which means that if a Pokemon that is that type is using the move that is also that type, so a Fire Pokemon using a Fire type, that means that he's going to benefit from the same type attack bonus. Uh, now you, both of your moves don't have to be it for it to benefit from it. Like it's just if your fire Pokemon is using a charge quick move that's fire, you're going to get it, and that exists the same for any other uh, any other type of Pokemon and move. So if you're the same type of Pokemon as you are your move, you're going to get a 25% increase in damage. Now for Stone Edge, which is Rock, uh, Rhydon obviously is a Rock Pokemon. He's gaining that stab, uh, which just gives him extra damage for free. Um, now, if you're fighting something that is weak to rock, 
it then takes 25% increased damage as well. So, you know, all of that added together, you're doing a good deal amount of more damage than uh, than you would be in general, just for using Rhydon in that situation. And gotcha. that itself is is worth, you know, quite a bit. His space stats are good. He's relatively tanky. But when that Stone Age crits, I promise you, I have it on my kab- Kabu tops. Um, that thing trucks. It'll like uh, it'll outdo hydro pump. It'll outdo hyper beam and all that stuff when when it crits. Like it is, it's doing like 140, 160 damage, something like that. It's insane. So if you thought you know your your Snorlax using hyper beam was straight deleting people, like this actually. <laughs> But it, the problem is it's obviously not as consistent since it is a 50% chance. But if you're using him in the fringe situations where you need a rock type, which is not too frequently, he's, he's the one to go to. Like if, you gotta have, if you're one of the people that want a strong one of each type so that you can maximize your efficiency against gems, then he is my, uh, my personal go-to um, if you have that move. And even if you get an earthquake, it's not bad. Like he still uh, he still does good, but the Stone Edge I just and it feels good when you just see that health just like vanish all at once, and you're like, yeah, I just finished that guy, I just deleted that guy. How does he compare to something like um uh, like a, a golem or a Machamp? Well, Machamp is fighting. Um, Machamp his his uh, fast attack is one of the worst in the game. Machamp is just not in a good place. Um, he's made to counter Snorlax. You know, the fighting class, the fighting type in general is made against normal types. Like, that's their you know, advantage. So people thought, you know, if we get a good enough Machamp, that'll be our Snorlax killer. Well, that's not the way it is because it just so happens that fighting is weak to Psychic. And Snorlax's best move is a Psychic move, Zen Headbutt. Zen Headbutt. So it, it, he has a built-in defense mechanism against the one thing that's able to beat him. So stupid. He's way broken. But Machamp is a cross-chop. This charge move Machamp has access to is the strongest, you know, DPS-wise, damage-per-second-wise ability in the entire game. The problem is that his CP is low, his max CP. Um, it's just, you know, he's rated like a 7.5 out of 10, whereas Snorlax and Rhydon and, uh, you know, some other guys are 9, 9.5s, like things like that. Uh, Dragonite Snorlax I actually I think might be 10. But but still, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, Gollum and the others, they do fairly well. Um, however, their max CP is a little bit lower. And I don't know if they actually have access to uh, to Stone Edge. I would believe they do, uh, based on the fact that it is rock, and, and they are you know some of the only rock types in the game. But I'll actually check on that real fast. So speaking of, well, is there, okay. So the and this is going to be a noob question. I feel I feel, I could have sworn it's just based on the color of Machamp. I thought he was a a rock. <laughs> he looks like he probably lifts rocks. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So so. Um, Rhydon is a, uh, a rock, rock slash ground. ground yes. Okay. And looking at Gollum and their and their tree, they are also in that same situation. But I believe those two families of Pokemon, the Rhyhorn Rhydon and the what is it, Geodude Graveler Gollum, mm-hmm. I think they're the only two with those combinations. Um, I could be wrong on that. Kabutops might be. Is Kabutops ground? I, I know he's one of the two. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's both. So Gollum's family definitely can't get Stone Edge. So in the same situation that Raihan, uh, Dawn would be viable, Gollum would be as well. I just think that Gollum's uh, CP multipliers are a little worse. So mm, it's yeah. probably easier to find a Raidon. Is there any, speaking of ground types, is there any instance that a Saiyan Slash could be dope? I don't think so. As, as, ba- as hard as it is for me to say that, he is uh, so cute and one I of my favorites. Um, Kabutops is, uh, is rock water. So... Um, Interesting. It's two two things that generally do not uh, do not mix, but so you know whatever. 
but Sand Slash is in a is in an interesting situation where I think he might actually be the worst um, rock Pokemon. The ground, like fully evolved. Uh, yeah, what is he? Is he? Uh, he's, he's just ground. Yeah. yeah. So uh, first of all, having only one type usually limits your viability. His uh, his move sets are good: Mudshot, Earthquake, Metal Claw, Earthquake, things like that. Um, uh, so Sand Slash does have Earthquake. Yes, but his max EP is a measly eighteen hundred. Just like Tauros. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, anything that doesn't break two K. I usually will will advise people against uh, yeah. investing a good deal in. Um, so you know he looks cool. Um, Super cool. But you know, as far as viability goes, there's not a whole lot. Like even things that are he's strong against with a higher max CP value are eventually going to overshadow him. him. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, that sucks. Well, yeah, because I I really want to. Like get a super cool one of those things and just throw it up on a gym, but dude, there are so many things that I'm just like, I want this to work so bad. <laughs> I just want it, but it's yeah. just not in the cards all the time, man. Like Gengar, Alakazam, yeah. it's just the coolest Pokemon ever, man. Like some of my favorites, but uh, it's just right now the game is just not uh, not doing them any favors. Shout out to people that throw cool stuff up at gyms, just because I like looking at it. You know, there was a somebody had the Prue. There's two gyms that you can see. From the Prue, yeah, uh, Magnolia Pancake House. Yeah. yeah, somebody had a Gengar up at the top of one of those so things. So dope! And I was like, "You, dude, that's so cool." That was the first time I'd ever seen one, like you know, up front like that, and it was just so awesome. But so shout out to that person, whoever that was. Um, my sleeper pick this week, and this is going to be interesting because you're a lot better at articulating this than I am. Um, so I might have you jump in with me here. Is uh, is Wiggly Tough? Um, well, for one, Jigglypuff and Wigglytuff are perpetually my favorite Pokemon. I'll, and I'll say that unashamed. Um, I have a workout shirt that I wear to the gym that says, Working my puff into tough. And it's got a Wigglytuff and a Jigglypuff on it. So I have no shame in showing my love of Jigglypuff as it's pretty intense, honestly. as masculine, um, only because I'm married and have a son. And I can get away with no shame a, hot, with that boy, yeah. a hot pink uh, 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 and black t- uh, tank top to the gym. But <laughs> with all that being said, uh, Wiggly Tough is actually uh, super badass, and it was it was awesome to hear that because when when I started diving a little deeper into the game and talking with Carrie about you know sort of the mechanics of the game, um, Wiggly Tough, um, by my understanding, equates to almost like last week's pick, um, whereas uh, Dugong was like a poor man's Lapras. Um, Wiggly Tough is almost like the poor man's Snorlax, um, in the sense that um, he has a really high uh, CP cap. Um, his HP is is incredible. And um, if you can get one with the right move set, um, he can be really awesome in the gym. And so, um, as far as an offensive uh, mindset um, move set that you want to be looking for, um, I believe the offensive one is going to be pound and uh, hyper beam. Mm-hmm. And and the reason being is that, um, uh, as Carrie mentioned before, pound is a normal type move and hyper beam. Is a uh, is a normal type move, and Wigglytuff is a normal slash fairy. So um, whenever you do pound or uh, hyper beam, you get the stab uh, bonus, which is the same attack. Um, uh, 
same, same type, type attack, attack bonus, bonus yeah. um, when you do those moves. And so they end up getting like multi- damage multipliers, basically. And so um, as far as like the defensive uh, mindset, uh, like if you're going uh, to leave one up at a gym, um, faint attack. It's yeah, faint attack, which is a it deals twelve damage and and hyper beam. Now faint attack is a dark um, move which um, does not get a stab basically. But is there anything weak to dark? There are a few things that are weak to dark actually. Um, I believe Snor- uh, Snorlax is actually weak to dark, um, or, or it does increase damage. Like, you'll get the super effective. Um, I know that dark is is weaker against fairy, but the big deal, uh, the reason that faint attack is, is because in a gym defending situation, your uh, defender Pokemon will follow a pattern. It'll attack twice right off the bat, and then it'll attack in one and a half second intervals. So the slower, stronger attack, since it's already relegated to one and a half seconds, is usually going to win out in that situation. Whereas pound is a little bit faster, but less damage. Um, So if you're only going to be able to attack so fast, you know, you want as much damage as possible. Exactly. So that's why sometimes you'll see the disparity there. Is there anything, anything else you want to add as to why the Wigglytuff is, is awesome? I mean, her defense is not great, but what she lacks in defense, she makes up in stamina and, a, and a general overall health. Uh, it's, it's very solid amount. Um, not insanely hard to find. Um, her Most of her moves are not bad. So, like, it's not a situation where... Oh, I got Twister. This is entirely worthless. Like it's it's overall. Um, I think it's actually ranked in the top. Let me try to remember. I think there's three in the the top best of the best gym defenders tier: uh, Snorlax, Dragonite, Lapras. But I think the like the very under like it's not even tier two. It's like one and a half. So like A, right? You know, one A. Yeah. And Wigglytuff is in there with uh with the uh, Polyrath. The slow bros, executors, those are the common ones you see. Yeah. Uh, these are all Pokemon you see regularly, Vaporeon even. But out of those, you know, Lapras, Dragonite, Snorlax, Slowbro, um, Polyrath, Executor, Vaporeon, like Polyrath and Wigglytuff, you don't see as frequently as the others. Uh, but they are just on the same level as them. Uh, they're both very good. Their slow defending moves are very strong. Hyper Beam in general, anything that has access to a beam or a pump or any of those 120, like 100 plus attacks, yeah. those things are serious, man. They don't, they, don't, uh, they don't play around, especially in a defending situation where something has high HP, so it's able to be a little durable while shelling out those insane charge moves. Um, and if you're unable to dodge it, you're going you're gonna to feel a world of hurt. So when you look at Wigglytuff, it's just dancing. It's just like dancing happily there. So when you throw one up at a gym, it's like almost like humiliating. It's like taunting you. It's just smiling there, like just dancing. It's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't have a, uh, like the normal and the fairy type is is pretty consistent in general. Um, And it's it's like almost impossible to, I don't think that fairy as it stands right now has a hard counter. I think like Nitto Kings, the poison types, Muck, I think they, uh, they do well against Wigglytuff, but it's still not like the Lapras into Dragonite or a Vaporeon into Arcanine kind of, you know, wreck shop. Right. So it's overall is is pretty durable. I mean, it's hard to, it's it's yeah, it's a mini Snorlax essentially. Uh, it's got nothing nothing counters it hard. Its attacks are, are fairly decent. Um, they're cool looking as all hell, uh, in my in my opinion. I think Wigglytuff and Jigglypuff are awesome looking. Uh, their max CP is like twenty two hundred, a little twenty one seventy five, something like that. 
but uh, but they're easier to get than Snorlax, and they they do just about the same thing, um, maybe a little bit worse. But I would like to see one at a gym. You know, I would like to see somebody leaving something cool uh, and and a little different. And it definitely, I mean, you don't have a reason not to. It's it's good. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I would actually consider it a little bit better than Snorlax as far as uh, you know, trying to plan. Oh, these are the six I'm going to attack. You know, I need to have this one for this guy, this one to counter this guy. This, and uh, Wigglytuff is a little bit harder to do that than Snorlax, I think. Um, but she uh, she doesn't have the built-in psychic, you know, defense mechanism. But but definitely definitely in the top ten Pokemon in the game, I would consider Wigglytuff, no doubt. That's awesome. Well, these are our, the, these are our sleeper picks. Um, going along with last week, uh, do you have an overrated or uh, uh, overrated Ooh, pick for this week? An overrated. Um, since we talked a little bit about the uh, the Machamp, I would definitely consider that overrated. Um, they're not great. Uh, but if I want to talk about the most overrated, and this is going to feel bad to a lot of people because around here it is a very common thing to uh, hang out at one specific place. <laughs> and uh, I already know. And all of you guys are really, you know, once you got one and done, you might as well stop because Gyarados is absolutely not good. He uh, he is not good. That's just, I mean, there's so many ways. First of all. Getting Twister as a death sentence, yeah. so that on top of it, on top of everything sucks. Um, the amount of candy it takes to evolve him, while thematically, like that's the theme of Magic Carp, right? You know, to get a lot of work done, and this little thing goes into something big and cool and awesome. But the issue is that for a Water type Pokemon, Vaporeon is just better, just across the board. Better base stats, better health, more durability, attacks a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, Gets a you know hydro pump Vaporeon has so anything that Gyarados could do Vaporeon could do much faster and you're probably gonna have nine Vaporeons by the time you get your first or second Gyarados. And they gave it dragon moves and it's not a dragon. Yeah, I mean it's just uh, and and it's you see those commonly like you see the dragon moves commonly and like, I think I think Bite is is dark. Yeah, it's main attack. So like it's just all over the place. It's max CP is is nothing to write home about. Um, so I would almost consider it deceptively overrated. Yeah, like this some, is like an Onyx type failure. Yeah, oh, maybe not to that degree, but yes, definitely. Like once you put in 400 candies worth of work, you expect this thing to be like, it's not going down for no one, you know? Yeah. Like, even Dragonite, you know, like they don't even take 100 or 400 candies, like Charizard and all those. It it's just so demoralizing to get <laughs> Twister. And then it's even more demoralizing to realize that like a 25 candy EV evolution and the Vaporeon is going to be infinitely better every single time. That is heartbreaking to hear. Like I got, I got one that's a 1158 uh, CP Gyarados that has Bite and Hydro Pump, mm-hmm. which I guess is probably the ideal move set is. for that, yes. right? Yeah, and that sucks that the ideal move is a uh, is a dark move. Like you don't even benefit twice. <laughs> And it sucks that its ideal move is something that Vaporeon does better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for like a literal, literally a fraction of the candies. Yeah. Like a, a tiny fraction of those candies. That is a very, very good overrated pick for this. Yeah, I, uh, I have like almost a fourth one myself just from being out there catching Dratinis. And I can tell you, I promise you, they are not great. Like I have Vaporeon. Vaporeon scales better, has higher ceiling, better base stats. There is literally never a situation where you will benefit more from using Gyarados to do anything than you will a Vaporeon of the same strength. It just looks cool. Yeah, and I it's think all it's all it looks way it's dope. It's fun. To, it's fun. It's I mean it's it's fun to grind out there. You and know it's I mean? also a testament to the amount of work you've put in. Like if you see it at a gym, you're like, dang, that guy has his uh, he's put in some grinding hours. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, 
But as far as like if you want maximum value for your Pokemon, like after one, you're pretty much done. Like even if it gets Twister, it's it's bad, but it's you know it's bad in general. So we should do some clickbait type stuff with the headlines on this post and just put Gyarados's trash. Cl- click to listen to hear why yeah <laughs> just oh, have man. a bunch of upset people clicking. yeah i don't know man they might uh people that prove might might be upset it's already <laughs> a dangerous place as it is dude yeah i mean i yeah it's some crazy stuff i that's guess it. happened tonight that's nuts oh for real you, you didn't hear about that no man i uh i've been crying over my football game so oh, i've been trying man. to detach myself yeah i don't even want to get into it but yeah apparently some guy killed himself like oh i did yeah. yeah i did uh, i heard about that uh through someone not related to Pokemon who worked in the area. So yeah. that is very sad, especially because there's so many people out there and it's so easy to see that kind of thing happen. Yeah, and I don't, no one could confirm whether or not it was like Pokemon Go related or anything, but there was a lot of like really tasteless jokes and stuff like in, in instantly, you know, it's just like, this is bad, but I mean, I, I, I pray it's not Pokemon Go related. I mean, nah, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, that, that's just nuts, a coincidence. But, anyways, yeah, that the, um, the Proust bot is a really fun place to grind at, and so you said that you have enough candy. Just to, I just didn't. I meant to ask you earlier. You have enough candy to make another Dragonite. What's what's yeah. holding you back? Just the extra. Um, I needed just a couple more to. I have a high IV, pretty strong Dratini, and I have a strong already evolved Dragonair that I caught. Um, so I was just going. My plan was to just evolve that Dragonair since it's like twelve sixty five from the other day. No, no, that one was actually pretty weak. Uh, it was like 1,100. So I actually have two of them. I have them saved right now. But this Rotini I caught is, is almost 90% IV. He's like 700 and something CP. So once I evolve him, he'll be higher Dragonair than the one I have now with better IVs. So I'm actually kind of at war with myself, seeing how the next couple of days go as far as Dratini spawns and seeing whether or not it's it's going to be worth holding on for just those 25 extra candies it'll take to just create yeah. another Dragonair. It's like you need like, what, like six of them or something like that? Yeah, I only need a handful more. and uh, Just walk one and get six. Yeah, and they're, and they're right over by my house. If I'm actively watching, I can get a couple every few hours. So yeah, That's awesome. I wish we had a, a somewhat decent Dratini spawn over here in my area. So segment four is dedicated to Q&A. So we did have some questions um, come in. And um, this one comes from uh, Denny Ray Lewis, and this is from the Pokemon Go um, essay uh, uh, thread. He asks, um, what's the best experience you have had playing Pogo and your favorite spot to play and why? I'll let you go first. Oh, well, I, uh, my favorite spot is, is actually pretty simple. Uh, it's Blossom Athletic Center, the nest we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason being is that both times that it's the since we've known about it, it's been a Machop and a Bell Sprout, I believe it is now. Um, well, both of those times, it's uh, those are valuable Pokemon things that are are kind of hard to track down consistently around here. So I like that aspect. Another aspect is it's not riddled with people. It's f- like flat, open parking lot. So nobody, uh, it, there leaves a lot of room for silly errors, which at Gold's Gym, we've seen those take place, and there's not as much, uh, you know, empty space for those kinds of things to, to, to occur. Mm-hmm. So you can just cruise at two or three miles an hour. Nobody's going to bother you. It's just huge open parking lot, and you just drive back and forth. You'll hatch a 10K egg in, a, you know, an hour of spending time there. Like it's it is huge. It yeah. is just efficient as all get out because it's all in straight lines, and you cover the whole property. And it's actually like as far as spawn rate goes, one of the higher spawn rate places we have. 
I think that Woodlawn Lake is, is actually the only one that's higher than that, um, aside from Prue, but that's its own special situation. Um, but those three are definitely, if I had to recommend somebody, well, not now, because Woodlawn is what, Onyx or something, something got awful. But, uh, but when it was Ghastly, that was, uh, that was valuable. Yeah. And what is your uh, best experience you've had playing? Is there a particular experience that stands out to you that you've like, been like, man, I'm really into this? Well, um, no, I've, I've, heard, I've read cool internet stories about like, people coming together for causes and things like that mm-hmm. around the game, and those are amazing to hear. But personally, um, I have to say like when the first week or two that the game came out, uh, people were putting together like Facebook groups mm-hmm. and like these events so in downtown san antonio we had like a pub crawl one night like that very first week and then the next week we had like a hunt where it was based on team you separated and you just you know crawled across the downtown uh That's awesome. and it, it was just cool to see that and go out there and see you know families of all ages people who hadn't walked their dogs in years were getting dogs were getting walked kids were going out in strollers for the first time and who knows how long yeah you know? it was just cool to see this transformation and see like whether they were playing the game or not, or you know, if I took my kid out, I could spend time with her at the park while also instead of just sitting there waiting for you know her to be ready to go home, I could actively be doing something and running into other people doing the same thing. So just that huge sense of community that just like overnight blew up. That that is what is probably the coolest to me. The amount of people that are that I would never speak to uh, in a normal situation that I can just walk up to. Are you playing Pokemon and and have a thirty minute conversation and you know. It, if it was before the game, that would have never been able to take place. So that kind of opportunity, uh, the opportunity to create events, meet people, uh, see grandparents playing the game, see old people and young people and people all in between, it's, it's wild. To see a kid out there with his parent, and uh, there's been a time I said, there's a Bulbasaur over there, and a kid about lost his mind. And his dad was like, oh, thank you so much. right? And the yeah. kid just darted. He was gone. Like Just to see that kind yeah. of reaction that people Special. have to certain things. Like, yeah, it's it's... Like no other video game, I don't think. In the, and I love video games, but none have created that almost, that almost you know like cherishable moment situation. It's very yeah. hard to do, and this game does it regularly, like frequently. It's it's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you like you know evolve something new and you're seeing it happen. It's like so cool. It's kind of like you you're just flashing back to like you being a kid and like opening that booster pack and like seeing something really cool. Um, you know, to, my my take on that question, um, best experience that I've had, or favorite spot to play. Um, I, I mean, I would say I, you know, I play a lot. Um, I I'm a stay at home. I run two businesses, and I I'm a stay at home dad. And um, I, you know, in the daytime when I'm when I'm taking care of you know business related phone calls and I'm watching my son, I don't get a lot of time to play. But we do. It does let us get out of the house. Like mm-hmm. I know, like if I'm low on balls, like I can just, you know, me and my son can hop in the car and we'll just take a drive down to like the quarry or something and make a few loops around that whole thing and just collect balls. And so, um, I really enjoy the the quarry. Um, um, I don't like driving around the quarry so much as I enjoy the fact that there's so many stops there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that I would Cornerstone Bakery. Shout out to those guys. Yeah. They've been amazing. Is it, uh, they, do they do they do special stuff? Yeah, for they for five dollars. Um, I mean, this is a uh, this is not a sponsorship thing, but just letting you know, for five dollars, yeah. you can actually get uh, unlimited water, all the water you can drink, access to their Wi-Fi, and permission to you know be on their property and from their property. Most people know if you don't, you can access all three Pokestops that are sitting there. 
um, which is cool because if security comes and says, hey, or you're taking up parking spots, you know, people will ask you to leave if you're just loitering. Yeah. Well, they will claim you for $5. And on top of that, their food's good. And from inside Great. the building, you can access it also. They've, uh, they've actually, the reason we don't get kicked out of there anymore is because they personally stepped in and asked security for it. As far as their, you know, that portion of property in front of them, yeah. just kind of, you know, let people do their thing. Oh, awesome. um, so that's why you know you can go to the quarry. It used to be like real strict midnight, get out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Tickets were even rumored uh, at some points, but now you can be there till two or three because Cornerstone has been so appreciative to the amount of business that it's brought in that they've like put Pokemon posters on the windows that, yeah. and like and they're they've been insanely cool about it. They made their when I first went when the game released, their Wi-Fi was private. Well, now it's it's open. So they will let you, if you can reach it, you can get on it, man. Yeah. That, that's just, like, for people to do that kind of thing is is refreshing because it's not awesome. everybody uh, treats it the same way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say best experience that I've had thus far. Um, I can, I've had a, a, some really, really great experiences uh, playing Pokemon. Um, a, a couple that come to mind, I mean... Um, just just the, the game as a whole. So back in the late 90s, um, you know, I was, you, you know, I don't know, I was born in 86. So in 96, I was 10 years old. So I was like between 10 and, and 13, 14 years old uh, playing Pokemon uh, trading card game. And um, um, I eventually transitioned into Magic uh, the Gathering. But playing that Pokemon card game, that was the first time uh, in my life that I've, was able to, you know, play in some type of tournaments other than like when we had pogs as kids or whatever. I did think I did that, but I was like so young. Oh but, man! Uh, yeah, shout out to pogs. No, don't shout out to pogs. <laughs> don't shout out to pogs. The reason that they don't exist is because no one shouted out to pogs. <laughs> Uh, the uh, so that the Pokemon trading card game was like you know that was like the original Pokemania you know what I mean like everyone was just going crazy about it you know first edition Charizard this that and the other thing and so playing Pokemon Go has given me a really strong sense of um, of nostalgia and and really bringing back some of that like you know that just like childhood fun back into the life of a guy that was like overly stressed you know running you know two businesses and being staying home dad like i have no shortage of like stress and anxiety and so this game has been a really good outlet for me um it's also given me something really cool to do on a friday or saturday night that doesn't involve drinking um you know and, and going out and you know as far as you know, taking out my son, um, you know, and, and doing things like him and I are getting out a lot. I mean, we used to have a routine. Basically, we'd get up, you know, go to the gym, um, and then like come home. You know, and, like that was like our evening. And so now, like I'm getting cardio, like being out, walking around, um, you know, and and um, uh, I guess my my gym life has taken a little bit of a hit. But um, you know, I've it's. It's been a lot of fun seeing him. Uh, my son wants to watch Pokemon you know, on TV. He wants to watch the TV show. And so I would say that's a really great experience that I've had, just you know, kind of bringing him into this world that I got to experience as a young kid. Although he's you know only three, like he knows all the names, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he knows what we're doing. He can... He's even like memorized the sound effects. Like if he hears like the wow wow, like he knows there's a Psyduck there that just popped up, you know. And he'll say like, "Oh, Psyduck," you know, whatever. So it's been that's been really uh, special. Um, Mario um, uh, Zamoron um, asks, um, "Please go over the use of incense when there's no Pokemon in the nearby screen." 
Um, theories as to what pops up, difference between popping incense when stable versus moving, and any studies on what the actual boosts are. Now, one of the first videos you did was on this, mm-hmm. and I watched it. And Oh, um, wow. Really? One of nine people. Good for you, man. No one watched no, it? No, not very many people watched it, no. No, I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you got a, you, you, you popped up like a Pidgeotto at the end or something. Yeah. And yeah, no, it was in, in, in this theory, in the way that it is understood now, it, uh, you know, it's kind of up to how rare you determine Pidgeotto to be, whether or not you. Since then, I've heard some people, you know, speculate some things like, oh, you have to be a kilometer away from the nearest thing. But my understanding is, if uh, if there are no Pokemon on your nearby, then using an incense, which typically spawns things based on the type of Pokemon in your nearby. You know, at that point, if it doesn't have that to draw from, what is it then drawing from? Right. Well, the answer to that is it goes on just a completely random whatever. Uh, so instead of it, so say you're in a mountainous area and you're seeing a lot of Geodude and Mankey or whatever the heck pops in, you know, instead of drawing from that small pool of those types of things, being in an area where there's no nearby Pokemon, all of a sudden it opens you up to have a lot more availability. So maybe you can get something like a Staryu all the way to, you know, like a uh, a Voltorb or something like that. Like it gives you more opportunity to have things you wouldn't normally have access to. The problem is a lot of people have misconstrued that thinking that if I go somewhere where there's nothing and I pop an incense, I'm guaranteed to get something worthwhile. No, that's not the case. I proved that in my video. Yeah. I got a handful of Paris, Pidgey, and Rats, uh, fairly common. And then one of the five that I got was uh, was was relatively rare, more rare than the others. It was a Pidgeotto. Yeah. Um, so it works in that fashion. Like it, that is true information. It has been researched. That is that is the truth. Um, but it's not like people are assuming you know, if I'm going to pop this, it's going to give me a Snorlax or whatever. That's not a, that's not the case. You just now, instead of being limited to a small pool of, of stuff you don't care about, that you have the uh, you know opportunity to spawn, now your pool is much larger. So you could fall anywhere in that spectrum, uh, which means that you now have access to more rare stuff naturally. Um, at the same time, you have access to non-rare stuff, but now there's a lot more stuff to choose from in general. Is it safe to say that you're pretty much guaranteed a one rare when you're in I don't know. Um, I haven't tested it personally enough. But I would say that, like, you're, I would consider, well, first I need to touch on this. Like, the incense, the way incense works is if you're sitting still, you're going to get one Pokemon almost on the dot every five minutes. And that's what I did in my video. Um, And I did that because if I was, you can also spawn one every minute if you're traveling uh, more than, what is it, 200 200 meters a minute or something like that. So not unreasonable. I think you got to be traveling, like, seven miles an hour somebody consistently in order to get 30 spawns at an incense so not too bad um well the difference is is that um i where i lived i didn't want to run the risk of if i was traveling in order to you know meet that quota was i going to have something then pop up on my nearby um and by doing that make all the results you know meaningless at that point because all of a sudden there's nearby pokemon exactly so if you're in a place where you know that you can cover a good amount of ground and still nothing will show up which I, at certain parts of my land I, I think I can do that but for the uh, experiment and and explanation sake I wasn't going to um, so if you do the if you manage to get 10 or 15 in an instant spawn which is a 30 minute period of time 
because you are covering that distance and meeting that distance criteria, then I would definitely say that you're guaranteed at least something decent, more decent than you're used to getting. Um, for me, I think out of the five I got, one was of note. Um, and I, I probably would assume that if you're getting five, that's probably a pretty reasonable way to handle it uh, as far as the no nearby Pokemon situation is concerned. Um, but in the same vein, say like in Prue, because it is a water biome, um, and there's lots of water Pokemon, just an abundance of water types. By popping an incense, you are limited to water types. Well, at the same time, because Dratini is a water type, you have access to them. You could possibly spawn Dratini. Right. So certain nests are not the same way. Whereas, like, say the Charmander nest is right on the water in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, so if you spawn, if you use an incense there, do not expect to get Charmanders because that's... You know, besides Charmander nesting there, that's not the type of Pokemon that frequent that area. Right. So yeah. there's two key differences in those situations. Uh, so understanding those differences is, is a huge asset as far as using incense effectively. I can't remember the last time I used an incense. Like those, I used them meaninglessly for so long that now I'm just like, you know, if I get one, cool. If I don't, you know, so be it. Right. The only time I pretty much use them or I've gone out of my way to use one is when I'm at Prue, just to try to increase my odds. Uh, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely uh, advise people to use it there, uh, because just an extra chance at a Dratini is is a chance nonetheless. Right. Um, but if you're almost anywhere else, I wouldn't. The biomes are a little different because you know for a fact that that type of Pokemon exists in that area, whereas nests are not uh, biomes. Like there are two different things. Um, I have not specified that in detail in the groups for, you know, confusion's sake. Uh, as far as people need to know now, Pro spawns Magikarp and a lot of them, and that's what they're interested in, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the science behind it is a little, you know, like fewer people are interested in something like that. Yeah. So I that's read. why I don't specify, but but use Incense at Pro, uh, I wouldn't advise using it at other nests. You know, if you see a lot of Growlithe and a lot of, you know, Charmanders and other fire stuff in your area, then you're probably in an area where fire Pokemon are in abundance. Feel free to use it there. Expect what you get. But uh, but if you're seeing a good mixture of stuff, you're going to probably spawn a good mixture some, of stuff. So Pidgeys and rats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all too many. All too many. Carlos Serve. I, I don't know if that's his name or if that's short for something, but Carlos Serve asks, um, have you noticed your avatar... Um, your character, I think is what he means, um, wander off too much or stay in a certain spot for a long period of time, even though you're walking. Um, then it'll catch up to you, but you'll have missed some Pokestops or maybe skipped over some, and I'm paraphrasing um, his post here, or skipped over some Pokemon along the way. Um, I, I don't know if I can maybe address this as to say that Sometimes your phone's GPS lags, um, specifically um, oftentimes um, when you are driving and you open the app up, um, obviously as a passenger, because none of us play this game while we drive. <laughs> um, but the um, if you open up your phone while you're driving, you, you may have instances where you've driven, you know, several meters and it it's lagging to catch up to you and so naturally you know you're going to miss um pokemon and you're going to glaze over stops if that's the case um i would say in my opinion and i'll, I'll let carrie touch on this because um, he's a lot more um, um in touch with some of these like, like special like mechanical details with the game but um 
I would say that that sounds to me like it's a, a GPS error. Now I've seen it. Um, it's happened to me um, uh, randomly once in a blue moon, but it's never something that that's happened ever consistently enough for me to be like, man, this is an issue. Um, and if it did, I would probably be concerned that maybe something's wrong with my phone. Yeah. Uh, what right. do you think? Yeah, actually, when I started playing this game, I had a Samsung Galaxy S4. So pretty old. Um, well, certain areas uh, I would get just like Landa Park. Um, what's the what's the other one? That's the Nitter and Brackenridge. Uh, those two places are pretty dense in trees. Um, they're pretty. They're kind of like on the fringe of the city. Uh, the, for some reason, those highly dense tree areas and things like that. My Samsung S4 was just struggling to even put me near. Like I wasn't even on the premises according to my phone GPS. I mean, you'll notice that as each phone generation comes out, the GPS chips improve. So I have an S7 now, flawless GPS. Um, so I would probably attest most of your uh, character moving to it is definitely GPS related. Um, there's no doubt about that. Whether that be you traveling fast and slow all of a sudden and changing your speed, causing it to, you know, kind of uh, be confused. The big thing is uh, if you got an older phone, expect to see that more frequently. But the good way to know that. It, it, the, like there's a guaranteed way that it will happen, and that is when you minimize the app, uh, still have it running, you minimize the app, you bring up something else, and then you open the app again. Um, usually it takes your GPS a couple seconds to reset, and you'll see your guy kind of pace around in a circle a little bit. Not huge, not like he's covering a mile, but he'll, say, walk a step or two um, in a random direction. Um, and that is a good way to to kind of attribute. Does that happen to you when you do? Yeah, no. I was about to say like that's like a great like that's like a great pro tip. You know, like if you like right now, it's happening right now. Um, my house is right here, and he's like <laughs> walking yeah. over to me. And what I use that for is so say I'm like and when, say I know that I can reach three pokey stops, but for some reason it's only letting me grab two. Well, if I minimize and reopen, it might readjust me more accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good way to kind of test that out and see and reposition your. Even if you wanted to t- to put you somewhere that you're not actually like, give yourself a few more feet to reach something you need. Uh, that's another way to do that as well. So. Hashtag legal spoof. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not it's not much, but it's something. So uh, the, per, this is what I was going to touch on, which is re- which is actually something that you could play to your favor. Um, is if you just leave the app open long enough, like, I mean, there are times where I'm doing work late at night, you know, pretty, you know, past midnight till two in the morning, I'll leave the app open while it's charging and just kind of take, you know, glance at the grid every now and then and see what what's out there um, and then make a decision about whether or not I want to go try to find it. And as, as, as you leave it open, the GPS on your phone will naturally kind of waver a little bit. And so your guy will kind of like pace like, you know, a step or two to the left, or sometimes he'll look like he's jogging down the road for a second and then turn around and, and run just right hurl back. and just haul back. Dude. Yeah. Just, just, just beelines yeah. it. Jolts right back. And all that stuff counts towards your buddy candy and your egg hatching. Because um, there's been times where I hatched an egg pulling into my driveway and been at zero. And I've just had instances where I've just left the phone flat and left it there. For example, right now, we I hatched an egg pulling into um, pulling into the, the driveway. You mm-hmm. remember yeah. about that stupid Paris? Paris, yeah, right. And now my guy is already at 0.7 kilometers just from the natural waiver of that GPS on the phone. So um, I wouldn't. 
I'd play that stuff to your advantage, man. If yours is getting real wobbly, just leave your phone open all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't uh, necessarily like, in order to hatch eggs, sit on your couch and minimize and open and minimize no. it. Like, there are small gains. Listen, we're not going to yeah. say that you're. Oh, you just got ten kilometers. You no, just no, 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 yeah. But uh, but it definitely doesn't hurt. Like, it's Thank just you, a little yeah. extra. You can uh, yeah. And if you're having issues with your GPS, uh, make sure it's on high accuracy for Android users. Um, make sure that it's a relatively like I know that it sucks to hear you might want a new phone, but that was the fix that I needed and not had a single issue since. My accurate my uh, GPS is insanely accurate. I love it. But if you're, you know, at Cornerstone Bakery and you know that you should be hitting all three stops uh, and your character's just not moving the few more inches you need him to, just it's a good way to adjust it, kind of see how accurate your uh, your your GPS is in that location, just to kind of give yourself a few more feeds. So. Definitely, definitely yeah. GPS related. Absolutely. So sure. Well, that was that was it for all the questions that we had this week. Um, so, with all that being said, um, anything you want to close with today? Anything uh, that we uh, didn't talk about that you might want to mention? I think we covered it all for the most part. Um, like I said, uh, you can find me at Professor Palmer. Uh, I do. I just did a giveaway. I got an insane amount of love. A lot of people subscribed, way more than I expected. So, for any of my listeners. Uh, on this podcast that are also fans of the channel do know that I am getting it uh, updated as quickly as possible we're just running into some YouTube uh, copyright issues currently that hopefully will be ironed out soon but other than that I think uh, I think I'm pretty much good very cool very cool well I want to thank everyone that's uh, taken the time to listen to this uh, the second episode of the Pogo podcast uh, we're going to keep doing these for you guys as, as long as you guys keep liking them and enjoying them um, go ahead and subscribe to this uh, channel whether it's on Podbean or on iTunes or uh, on SoundCloud you can follow us um, we just uh, started uh, an Instagram page um, for us which is um, at official pogo podcast and uh, we're gonna you know probably gonna be using it to update obviously um tell you guys you know when the shows are gonna be coming out and uh, also um you know post you know pokemon related things obviously so um that's official pogo podcast on uh, on instagram and um you can follow us individually i'm at clifton miles on instagram and pretty much everything else and he's uh, professor palmer on on YouTube, on the and YouTube, on them YouTubes. So um, yeah, follow us, uh, interact with us, and um, if you got any value out of the show, share it with a friend. Tell, tell them about us. Um, we still have actually yet to have somebody complete the contest from last week. So um, I know that prize was was uh, not the coolest prize in the world, but there's some nostalgia there. So if you want those free booster packs, I mean they're up for grabs. Just go ahead and complete that contest. And um, we're going to work on uh, continuing to get some more sponsorships and um, and uh, hopefully get some cooler prizes to work with uh, for you guys in the future. And so uh, with all that being said, this is the Pogo Podcast. And, uh, Carrie, I'll see you next week. Yeah. Awesome. Take care, guys. Later, guys. Later, guys.